breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Arklatex, specifically Shreveport, made national news last night. Tornado touchdown uh, in South Shreveport. Richard Llewelling from the Weather Channel joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh Richard, how many do you know were there more than one tornado that were sighted or touched down? So far we've only seen just the one report there with that one down there at uh uh, on the south side of Shreveport, that seems to be the only report of a tornado that we have. The rest of the the reports that we're seeing from the Storm Prediction Center are just uh, wind damage reports uh, that are basically are just widespread across the region, probably about 15 or 20 different wind damage reports uh, across uh, northwest Louisiana this morning, stretching all the way over to north of Ruston. So uh, we've got, you know, quite a bit of uh, wind damage reports out there, but in that one singular tornado report over in texas there were quite a few more over there about five or six of what we can see right now on the map the closest one to us was over near uh, marion texas uh where we had a report of a tornado there uh possible trees and power lines but it'll take you know, getting up to daylight today and get the weather service out there to investigate those areas to see exactly were we dealing with a tornado or were we dealing with straight line winds Southeast Shreveport, the tornado, um, the, there's some damage reports to a, a couple of businesses, some homes. How how strong was this tornado in the grand scheme of things? We won't know that until the Weather Service gets out there and does a preliminary assessment on the exact type of damage uh, because they have to get out there and they'll look at the damage. They'll see how much damage was actually done, whether the building was completely removed off a slab or if it was uh, basically the building was destroyed, but just a roof came off, they could go in there and they can rate that on exactly what type of scale of damage it is, either from EF zero on up to EF uh, five. So you, we won't know that. We, I don't think we've got an EF five. Okay. Probably, probably EF zero, maybe EF one. If I if if I was uh, a betting man on this, but we won't know for sure until the weather service goes out there and looks at you it. You were predicting yesterday seventy mile an hour winds. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. With all these wind damage reports that we've got, uh, we've probably had some wind gusts up to 80 miles per hour in some of these storms that came through last night. You know, just the sheer number of, of wind damage reports that we're seeing across the area. A lot of trees down, a lot of power outages. The good news is I've been looking at power outage numbers for Louisiana this morning, and it looks like uh, we have seen – uh, a, a lot of power come back on at, at the peak of the storms last night. We had about 10,000 out across Louisiana. And this morning, it looks like uh, 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 Swepco's got about 4,700 mm-hmm. uh, that is out right now. So they're slowly but surely getting the power restored across the state. The bigger numbers are over in Texas uh, where they took it on the chin last night. I think uh, right now I'm getting the, the latest number, 103,000. Uh, without power in Texas this morning uh, from all the uh, storms that rolled through there yesterday. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel. Richard, uh, how widespread was this storm? How the path that went through Shreveport? We know it came through Texas and then through northwest Louisiana. Uh, what what areas all were affected? 
Well, from what we can see on the map this morning, it's it's a pretty large area. It basically runs from the Metroplex on over through northeast Texas and then stretching right across uh, northern Louisiana. It looks like the furthest south report that we're seeing is down in uh, DeSoto Parish. Actually, uh, yeah, that's right, it's near Mansfield. Mm-hmm. We have reports of several trees down across the entire parish. So it sounds to me that's definitely a straight-line wind report when you're seeing, you know, just – you know, trees down across an entire county. So, you know, that's probably what we're going to be dealing with down there. You know, uh, the there are a couple of reports on the north side of Shreveport, uh, especially up uh, near Blanchard and Caddo Parish, uh, where we had a tree down on Roy Road near Blanchard. And uh, we had another report of uh, a tree down near Benton. So that's the thing. This seems to be the general trend that we're seeing this morning. You know, a lot of trees that were basically blown down in the storm last night. Of course, usually when you bring down trees, the power lines are going to go with it, you know, just just like that as well. Richard, there are a lot of us that are, I'm within five miles of where the tornado touched down. And at the time that was happening, very minimal rain even in my area. Now, I got heavier rains earlier in the morning, but at the time the storm came through, it was really concentrated on one little area, it seemed. Is that unusual? No, not really. Usually you can get these uh, spin-ups inside a line of of, of storms. I mean, yesterday we were looking for the potential for a couple of discrete supercells that were trying to develop. We did see that in northeast Texas uh, with a couple of warnings that went up about 7.30 last night uh, where we were watching some storms uh, north of Longview up toward Texarkana uh, that uh, tried to develop, and they basically just moved on off toward the north and northeast pretty quickly and then we got that main line of storms in and usually in the in a main line of storms like that usually associated with a frontal boundary you can get spin-ups in that line of storms so you know when, once a warning is issued you know you, it could be a severe thunderstorm warning sometimes if it's radar indicated you could basically you could pick it out in the radar but and you can see the spin there and you know warnings can go up in those situations so it's not out of the realm of possibility that you get these top storms to do that. Richard, we know we've got a pretty good-looking weekend in front of us. What's uh, what's our next system that you see on the on the horizon? Well, it looks like uh, the next system that we've got comes in about Tuesday of next week, uh, and it looks like some cooler temperatures are going to be coming in after that. Uh, we're going to see temperatures fall back into the 50s for highs and maybe a chance at some 30s for overnight lows as we move into late next week. But the uh, weekend is looking a whole lot better compared to what we uh, dealt with last night. This center of low pressure is now up over in northeastern Arkansas, and it's moving on out. Uh, It's going to bring some snow into portions of uh, northern Indiana and Michigan. It looks like a beautiful weekend for us. Temperatures between 76 and 82 tomorrow and Sunday with abundant sunshine. Clouds start to make a return on Monday with breathings in the mid-80s. And then we bring in the shower and thunderstorm chances. Still kind of early to pin down exactly if we're going to get any severe weather out of that. Looks like a pretty good rain event for us regardless, Mm -hmm. Wednesday and Thursday. And then we cool off for next week, late next week into the weekend with temperatures in the 50s and nighttime lows in the 30s. And then a little bit more of settled after that around the 12th and 13th where we start to see more shower activity back in the forecast. Readings in the 60s and lows in the 40s. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel. Thank you for the update, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks. We're also going to talk with...
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, we've got a state uh, representative out of uh, Oil City proposing legislation to make constitutional carry legal in Louisiana. Basically, that means you don't have to have a permit to carry a concealed weapon. Mm-hmm. You can open carry in Louisiana. I mean, if, if it's on your hip, you can't cover it with your shirt. You right. know, it's... Put your shirt down on behind it, mm-hmm. and I can. In, I mean, obviously, restrictions. You can't walk into a school. Yeah. You can't go into a hospital. You, there, there are places you can, a government building that you can't carry, but you have to have a permit to conceal that to put your shirt back over the. And the permit involves training and you know some some classroom time. Right. Um. You know, I talked to several police officers yesterday about this bill that Danny McCormick's proposed it before, and it's it's failed. Um, now, the reason it failed last time was because one of the legislators said they tried to turn it into an arming teachers bill. Mm-hmm, right, right, exactly. As opposed to leaving it the way it was. What I was told this time was that this is never going to pass with this governor, that this governor will veto it. Yeah. So you're going to have to wait one more year till you get a new governor and that then possibly sense. try it again. Because as, as these officers told me, they said, look, um, criminals are carrying concealed guns. Absolutely. And they got no permit. <laughs> And, so, and they don't care. And they don't care. So this is more about law-abiding citizens. And 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 one told me, you can have all the training you want and get the certificate and the license to carry, but if you don't go out and use your gun regularly and stay stay focused with it yes sure you're you're not going to be you're going to be a problem when it's time to have that gun on you and use it so that's part of the problem that yeah getting the license and all is good i agree to that to an extent Mm -hmm. um it's it's yes i mean you should monthly you know go to the range uh i know ammunition is expensive yes a lot of people you know but if you have had training and enough training, mm-hmm. uh, like through the police department, we, right. we went through m- monthly right. out at the range. And we went, you know, uh, scenarios, the shoot, don't shoot sure. scenarios, things like that. A lot of that training will kick in. It'll, it'll, if, if you're in a situation it, it, instinctively. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of training will kick in. But not not for somebody like me who went and, and learned how to use my gun, went to the range. Oh, and okay. It's, and it's been a year. And I'm scared of my gun still. I'm oh. scared of, you know, I don't want to carry it with don't me. Don't be scared of it. Respect okay. it. Yeah, Respect exactly. what it can do. But I, but I took that advice yesterday that I was speaking to the, these officers about. And, I, you know, I said, you know what, you really need to make a point of going out and, and shooting your gun on a routine basis. Because right now, if you're scared of your gun, it does you no good if you need it. So I really need to make a point of going out and using it. Sure. You know, going out to a range and shooting it and just being real more really comfortable with it, loading it myself, doing doing everything. Because sometimes I'll take my son, I'll take a friend, and they're like, they'll help me with it. I'm like, no, I need I need to do it myself. And make sure that I know where the safety is. I know how to get the clip out. You know, I know I know everything. Magazine. My bad. Yeah, magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. What is it? Vanity Fair? It's, it's I don't not know. A, it's not a clip. <laughs> it's not a clip. No, okay. it's a magazine. Uh, what Tom Gresham's coming up this morning to talk more about this? Yes, yeah. we've got uh, Tom scheduled at seven ten this morning. Mm-hmm. Going to uh, talk about concealed carry. Yeah. Constitutional carry because there are those <clears throat> present company included. Yeah. Feels like. The Constitution is our permit. Right. That that allows us 
the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to pay the state $110, whatever the per I don't remember. It's yeah, been a while not sure. since I got mine. Uh, what that, you know, it's just a revenue generating, another revenue generating, you know, license. We, that We hope you learned about the law, too, while you were in the class. I mean, I, you know, well, I hope sure. so. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be training, you know, mm-hmm. if you carry. I mean, if you drive a car, you have to you have to pass a proficiency test True. before you get a license. I understand that. I'm not arguing that. But I anyway, I don't I don't think a permit mm-hmm. should be should be required. Still in the dark. How long before power is restored? Michael Corbin from Swepco will let you know coming up at 640 with Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM. Now, if that doesn't get you going on Friday morning, I don't know what. <laughs> Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. We've got a representative out of New Orleans proposing marijuana to be legal in the state of Louisiana. Recreational use, yep. Recreational use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made a comment last segment that, you know what, didn't even dawn on me because because I'm an, I'm an idiot, but... Uh, about the gun legislation, constitutional carry, and as long as we have this governor in office, that won't pass. Right. And and I was just like, damn it, man. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. He'll veto and, it, and then they, they won't have enough votes to override, or they won't go into an override session. So th- that's what someone told me with regard to the gun bill. But McCormick will bring it back, and I'm, I'm going to arrange Danny. I haven't reached out to Danny. I'm sorry about that because we have Tom Gresham today. So I thought, well, we'll do a segment with Tom, and then we'll get Danny next week as we get closer to the session. But uh, do you think the marijuana legalization would, is kind of the same thing? That this oh, no, governor this governor will be all for it. Oh, he'll be all for it. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. So weed's okay, but protecting yourself is not. Oh, he'll, yeah, he won't veto that. If if the lawmaker, and I'm shocked by our poll at keelnews.com. If you haven't taken it, the question is, uh, are you in favor of legalizing yeah. recreational marijuana? And Mikey. Uh, I, this kind of blew me away. 92% on the Keel poll support recreational marijuana use in louisiana it's closing in on 90 only six percent say no and the rest are undecided i'm like and that's a very 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 small undecided percentage oh very small yeah so it's like wow i I thought it would be you know 60 40 for recreational no it's 92 percent wow are people people just don't care about it anymore they're like let's you know so many people are smoking marijuana leave them alone I, I, I guess it. it's not the stigma that it was in the 60s. Oh, not at all. You know, it's not the hippie culture. Not at all. Yogurt and, crunching. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have never smoked marijuana. I'm going to be quite blunt. I never. Quite blunt. <laughs> oh, wasn't that good? <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. No, because I saw your face the instant you realized went, what oh, you just can said. Oh, I have that word back? But. <laughs> You know, so I don't know the, the, the joys of it or whatever, you know, but but I have a lot of folks in my life, I'll just leave it at that, that, that do. And, you know, they I, swear I, by I, it. Look, okay, full disclosure, I did my mm-hmm. share in high school and in college. Uh, have it in a long, long time. Is it wonderful? I mean, 
I, I'm not doing it today, so I'm you know. But then I enjoy a, you know, a a, a, a nice Maker's Mark a cocktail. or well, a cocktail's every legal now and then. I today don't do smoking marijuana is illegal unless you have a prescription. And you know, I'm not going to bother to go get a prescription. I'd have to come up with some disease. Y'all could point it out. Any, I probably have ten oh, qualified. You're a, you're, you're a shoe in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You are that a body falling shoo-in. apart. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they they'd just be throwing it at you. <laughs> Michael Corbin with Sweatco talking with us about the storm damage people out of power. Next, Micah McCarty, one hundred one seven. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline from Swepco, the head honcho, Mister. I think his middle name is Swepco. Michael Corbin Benson on the phone with us. <laughs> people don't realize who that is. Oh, please stop, Michael Corbin. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. We're going to make this the Mike Aaron and Michael show. I like that. Um, how many still in the dark as a result of these storms? The last report I saw was 6,800, but you can give us an update right on the spot, huh? Certainly. Right now we're showing about uh, 5,000 people out in Louisiana, 1,900 out in Texas. Uh, when we come down to our specific lo- um, location, Shreveport, Bossier, we've got about 1,800 uh, still out with the majority of that in Southeast Shreveport and Broadmoor area. Uh, and there's a scattering of outages across the city due to tree damage. Uh, but in the Halton and North Benton area, we've still got about 900 out. Michael, can you do me a favor? If we're on speaker, could you take us off speakerphone? Oh, I'm in a place where it's echoing. Hang on. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, oh tons better. Hey, yeah. there he is. Um, is it most of it is from the straight line winds, trees knocked down into the power lines? Is that kind of what we're looking at? Yeah, at one time when the when the uh, unexpected tornado went through, we basically had everybody from Burke Coons south uh, from the river to I forty nine out, uh, but crews were able to jump on things and do a lot of switching, and everybody that could that could get electricity got it back, and so those numbers fell. Uh, quickly but it's a combination of tornado damage uh debris in our lines we've had some broken poles due to the wind and of course trees falling in trees and tree limbs falling in the tree line uh power lines nope 12 oaks i understand was hard hit too with trees down or, or is that subdivision back up and going yet um parts of it are um their utilities in the subdivision are underground uh, so that that helps tremendously uh, but that power still has to get to the uh, subdivision before it goes underground. And uh, there was, I know there was some damage at a substation that feeds 12 Oaks, uh, but there were crews able to work there all night. Now, the, you said their, their power is supplied underground. Is, uh, is there a move to, to do more and more of that throughout the city? Most new residential developments, uh, the developers want the power to be underground. And uh, and so they plan for that when they when they do their master plan for their development. Underground is is it costs a little bit more to do it uh, certainly, um, but what you have to remember is even if you look out and you know look out from your house and you see no utility poles, that power gets there from somewhere and it probably comes from overhead lines before it ducks down into the ground. 
Michael, if somebody is still without power in our last minute or so here, if they're still without power this morning, what should they do? Should they report it? Or if they've already reported it, you guys know about it? What's the what's the procedure? I've got that SWEPCO app. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly is. And thank you for that, Mike. We, uh, we encourage folks, if, if you have not reported yet, to please use the app. Call our call center. Uh, you know, go online if you if you've got uh, laptop or smartphone power, and let us know that you're out. Uh, because in many occasions like this, we may think everybody on a particular circuit is owned, and there's those onesies and twosies that have some freak uh, instance where they're not online yet. So, if you are using our app, you're going to get a text that says you're back online. And if you're not, you can simply respond to that text and say power still out and it will uh, it'll generate a work order i know a lot of times it's easy to think oh well they know everybody on my block is out they know and and it would be easy not to report it but with the app uh, i i always go look they they may not know sometimes i'll be out of power and my next door neighbor has power so it's important to make that report mm-hmm. so it you is. can get a count too much information is never a bad thing, so uh, yeah, you know, we encourage you. If, if you're out, please uh, please go ahead and report. Uh, if you have that instance where you look out and all your neighbors are out and your house is out, that certainly uh, let us let us know about that. Um, we I know that as the sun comes up this morning, people are going to get out and look around and want to see damage. Please stay away from fallen, um, fallen poles, fallen lines. You don't know if they're... Uh, still energized or not, and so we ask that you please exercise caution and let uh, law enforcement and our SWEPCO crews, you know, do all the all the heavy lifting and moving. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, today we'll be watching the wind. Um, I hear the wind outside my house whipping around pretty good, and um, there's there's limitations of how much work can be done in a bucket truck if the wind is over 30, 35 miles an hour. So. Uh, we're going to work safely. We're going to work quickly, and the numbers continue to come down. Uh, but in areas that receive the most damage, uh, you know, you, there may be it may be a little bit before the power comes back on. Let's talk, let's talk specifically about that because that's what people are screaming at the radio. When will it be back on? I know y'all have a you put a time frame where you're hoping to have everybody back on. What's that number? Can you tell us? Well, you know, it's 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 really going to vary by area of town uh, where the damage is. Right now, we were able to do an initial assessment last night, and we put some some estimated uh, times of restoration out there. At sunup this morning, when we get more crews out and do more assessment, I think we'll be able to narrow that number down. the The first number we put out, like it might say, you know, Saturday at noon, um, that's that's a pretty big delta between where we are and where we think it'll be back. And we'll start narrowing that down very soon. Michael, uh, we're talking with Michael Corbin from SWEPCO. Uh, I I do want to hearken back to the app because um, I'll receive a text that'll say, you know, I'll be at work and go, oh, the power is out in your area, listing my address. And then another text saying, oh, your power has been restored. It's pretty cool. You guys have done a really good job with that Mm -hmm. app, and it's free. Yep, it is. All you have to do is uh, download it and um, is Swepco app. And there's a lot of things you can do with it. You can get text about your bill, uh, what your bill is, and and depending on what kind of meter you have, you can even get text during the month that tells if you're on track with last year's bill, you're using more or less power, uh, which which can help you with your budgeting. 
We'll talk about my bill later. Michael Corbin with Swepco, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, and hope to see you all both soon. You Have bet. a good weekend. 1017 FM. By the way, this song was a song with his plate. Never mind. Okay, if he what? says that one more time, <laughs> thank I'm you for laughing, Ruben. No one seven FM seven dead Gill. I say it to make Ruben laugh and to make Aaron mad. <gasps> Mike and McCarty, uh, Ruben, you were saying a minute ago we were talking about uh, there's a proposition uh, in in front of the state legislature about making marijuana legal. Uh, we don't think it has a snow cones chance this time around. Um, I mean, I'll say that, it's, but it's there. But Ruben, mm-hmm. you said now Ruben has a, a, a you have a subscription. Yes, yes, a subscription. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. <laughs> I got, He's I got have a, a prescription. I have a prescription. He I gets go it to with the, his Playboy. Yeah, yes. right. I, I go to the pharmacy <laughs> and I get my and I posted uh, a while ago, uh, right around the time that the pharmacy was you know open for business, on how people could get their prescriptions the, the easiest way the the way that i did it and after i posted that the uh, the dynamic changed in the pharmacy about a month later from kind of a bunch of younger type hippie types to um i'll just say keel listeners <laughs> a lot of the older demographic started showing up and the pharmacy got a lot more crowded and our poll that we put up totally reflected that Right. Oh, ninety-two percent. Yeah. Support yeah. recreational use of marijuana. Of key listeners, uh, those are uh, visitors to our website. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. So to get a prescription, to get a subscription right. for for medical marijuana, you you have to go through a doctor, obviously. Yes. Is that right? And, uh, yeah. And there's uh, there's several avenues you can. I mean, you can obviously go through your personal doctor. But what I did was I went through an online service, and I mean, I guess it's okay to say it. I went through a Teleleaf. It's a it's an app that you can download on your phone. You uh, you give them you know some brief medical history, and you know, kind of type in what your issues are, and then a doctor calls you up to you know twenty four hours later. For me, it was about four hours later. A doctor called me up. And then the next day, I got a consult call from the uh, pharmacy, and boom, I had my prescription. So, uh, there, was there a fee from that? There is a fee. Website, there's, there's you a, have to... yeah. There's a small. It's probably I haven't looked into it. It's probably a little less than it was. It was about a hundred bucks when I when I first did it. Um, but it, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It may be less now. Again, I haven't. It's been a while since. I'm I've done sorry. It. This mm. sounds like such a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like these uh, these uh, generic Viagra oh, things no. <laughs> that you can doctor online. Right, it's right. Seek privacy of your own home. Yes. Well, fix your hangnail while you're at it. This, this actually works. This well, is, yeah. There you go. It, it gets it done. I'm not saying you're scamming anybody. I'm, no. That's not what I mean. But You know, for, for anybody else, I think uh, at some point today, maybe I'll dig up that article and put it on Facebook again. Yeah, absolutely. Throw it up there. More tornado coverage throughout the morning and coming up at 710.
Tom Gresham. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a a bill in front of uh, state legislature now to legalize constitutional carry. That's carrying without a permit. We'll talk with Tom Gresham about that, the host of Gun Talk, coming up at 710 with Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with us this morning, host of Gun Talk, Tom Gresham joining us. Tom, good morning. What's the temp where you are now? <laughs> well, I'm on a great epic road trip right now, so I'm just outside of Austin. It's forty eight. I'm gonna spend five weeks driving and touring and mooching off of family and friends. Oh wow. Well how wow. fun is that? I'll give you Mike's address. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All that means is now the bill collectors cannot find me. Oh, that's good. Uh, State State Representative Danny McCormick has proposed, again, uh, a bill that would make concealed carry legal in Louisiana without a permit. Um, He's had trouble getting this passed before, and there are many that say this governor will never let it be law. Um, You agree? Well, let's go back. Uh, It's called constitutional carry or permitless carry. It's now the law in, I think it's either 25 or 26 states. Florida's just about to pass it. Uh, It's actually not a big deal once it gets passed, but everybody loses their minds when they're talking about it. Uh, Yeah, I don't think uh, the governor's ever going to sign this, but that doesn't really matter at this point. It's just a case of you just got to keep pounding it in. Now, whether or not McCormick's bill is the right bill is a different issue, because I know there are probably some competing thoughts on that. But, look, this thing's been passed in more than half the states, and it's just not a big deal once it goes through. There was some talk that his bill last year was tied to uh, this was arming teachers or something like that. How, do, how does it get kind of twisted like that, like what happens and, and made it go down, fall down in defeat last year? Sometimes with these things, Aaron, um, people get kind of wrapped around the axle and they lose sight of what they're actually trying to do. But a lot of times what happens, unfortunately, is you know, the sausage making in the legislature, it's like, well, I can support that if you add this, or I can support that if you take out this. Mm. I and think that's what know happened. It, it, yeah, I mean, before you know it, it doesn't even uh, resemble the thing that was introduced originally. I think that's what happened. Another member of the legislature said, well, I'll support it if you, you know, if you arm teachers. Right. And then it gets complicated because other people are going, well, you know, I would have supported it until you put in the part about Army teachers. Now I'm out, and now here we go again. Right. Okay, Tom, we're talking to Tom Gresham, host of Gun Talk on Sundays, 1 to 4 here on Keel. Um, there, are, there are some who say, well, this takes out the training component that, that is important for people to learn all the laws, etc. Is that a big deal? Uh, short answer, no, it's not a big deal. Uh, and look, I, I, I feel so on this, I am a strong proponent of everybody getting training and everybody being safe. But what we have found is, I mean, it's not like we're having to reinvent the wheel here. We don't have to guess what's going to happen. Yeah, that's silly. We already know what's going to happen because it's more than half the states have this. Nothing's going to happen. You have no increase in accidents. You have no increase in suicides. You have no increase in crime. Literally nothing happens. Because here's the thing. The bad guys aren't affected by this in the slightest. Right. They They're already, already yeah, guns. Exactly. Yeah, 
they're not waiting for this thing to get permission to carry a gun to commit a crime. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now, what you do have is that it would be nice. I mean, I, in my utopian world, I would love it if, you know, in conjunction with this, the state would say, and hey, we're going to start, you know, running a huge campaign of public service announcements about what you can and what you can't do, what you shouldn't do when you're carrying a gun concealed for your own protection. Here are some of the common myths, and there are a lot of myths out there about what you can and can't do. And frankly, that's kind of what you get with the training classes. And so I would love to see those kinds of things come out where the state says, we're going to help safety by actually distributing information. I I talked to some law enforcement folks yesterday who said, you know, it it really doesn't matter all the training you get. You really have to be active and go use your gun and stay familiar with it, you know, repeatedly. You can't go get the training and then throw your gun in your purse and take it to the grocery store because you're you're not going to be comfortable with it. And that's kind of where I am, Tom. Yes, I have a gun, but I don't go out and use it enough. We we need to change that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, any more than... If you say, okay, I took my student driver class and I got my permit and I didn't drive for 20 years and now I'm an excellent driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you, it is a perishable skill. You need to take classes. Well, you know, here's the thing. Let's back up. You have to make a commitment. I am going to be serious about this. It's a serious subject. Carrying a loaded gun for self-protection is a very serious thing. You can help people. You can save people. You can save yourselves. But if you're stupid or incompetent with it, you can actually start endangering yourself or other people. And so I am, as I say, I'm a huge proponent in getting training and then going back and getting recurrent training. But, and here's where I split on it, I think it's a really bad idea for the government to require training for you to be able to exercise a basic, fundamental constitutional right. Is the concealed carry license, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting Mike. No, 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 no. Is the concealed carry license more about... A money grab by the state. Let's let's issue these licenses and charge you two hundred bucks. Is that what this is yeah. going to come down? But we're going to have to do away with these oh, license yeah. fees. Absolutely. This is look. Here's what's happened: is the state now is addicted to being able to charge you to sell you back your constitutional rights. They <laughs> took it away, and now they're going to sell you back your constitutional rights for several hundred dollars. And they are absolutely addicted to it. The, the, the sheriff's departments are addicted to it. The state police are addicted to it. And in other states, you know what they had to do? They end up saying, okay, we're going to provide funding to supplement the departments to offset the money that you lost from the scam that you created by selling people their constitutional rights. Well, you said something interesting earlier, Tom, uh, talking with Tom Gresham, host of Gun Talk, heard here on Keel, that, you know what, we're not reinventing the wheel. This is done already in over half the states in, in the country. Let, let's, let's get with the program. Exactly right. Here's the thing. And people, they want to pontificate about what would happen. That's like you and me arguing about how tall is the doorway over there when we can just grab the tape measure and measure it. We already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's saying that blood will run the streets and every fender bender is going to turn into a shootout is just making a fool of himself. Tom, what's on the show Sunday, 1 o'clock? Oh, we're going to be talking with Max Michelle out of Louisiana. He is a top shooter, competitive shooter, about traveling with guns, whether it's in your car going across state lines or on airlines, it's going to be important because a lot of people are moving around the country with their guns, and you need to know how to do it safely and responsibly. 
Tom Gresham, Mike's willing to take you out to dinner if you pass through this way. He's got you. <laughs> I'm always up for a dinner. <laughs> well, I hope you like Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, as long as we can split one, right? <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Tom, have a great weekend. Tom Gresham with Gun Talk. 1017. Bye. Your face every time he or she sings that. I don't know. It's when, a she, yeah. That's what I said. She <laughs> sings that. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, big storms came through the area yesterday afternoon and last night. Um, you know, normally, historically, where I live in Broadmoor, it, 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 Quite frankly, if a squirrel pees on a line, we lose power. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I, I'm not going to say that we've been really lucky mm-hmm. because we haven't lost power in a while. I don't know what's changed. I'm not going to say that because I'm going to go home tonight and no storm and no we're going to lose too. power. Mm-hmm, exactly. But but uh, it, it's been really good. We spoke with uh, Michael Corbin earlier about 5,000 people in Shreveport still out of power. Is that right? Uh, not not Shreveport. Um, about 1,800 in Shreveport, about about 5,000 across the region. So it's okay. it's pretty good news. You know, they've, they've been working yeah. hard to get it restored. And I'm one of the lucky ones in my area. That, that where he talked about twelve oaks, the line my lines are underground too, so I rarely lose power. Nice, and it it, it is a game changer. It really it really now, is. Is there is it feasible at all to take what is above ground, like in Broadmoor, and move those underground? It, mm. Would that be a project ever undertaken? You know, I don't know. How much money do you have? Well, <laughs> it's not my power lines. I know. I know they probably would, you know, if they're going to replace lines, they would probably like to go in that direction, but I don't I don't see them changing out lines yeah. across the city. I really I don't I don't see that. You know, and we were in the grand scheme of things. Can we do it wirelessly? Let's just do it wirelessly. <laughs> Wireless power, yeah. Shoot my power through me, you know, yeah. Wi-Fi. Big picture, this could have been way worse than it was, and it was, you know, there were there was a tornado touchdown. On Yuri Drive near Sophia, if you haven't seen the pictures at keelnews.com or that Valero station, um, you know, it really could have ended tragically. And we had no one seriously hurt. I mean, there was a we're going to have an eyewitness coming up at 810, David Langston, and he was in a, a, a laundromat at the time. And there were some children in a car that a sign fell on. Wait till you hear this story. It is I can only tell you it, it was a divine intervention that no one was hurt. But that's coming up at, at 810 this morning. Just an, uh, very lucky because when we spoke yesterday morning, it sounded like this was going to be a doozy of a storm. It did. Um, we uh, we were watching Joe Haynes pretty much mm-hmm. all evening. Um, 
tracking everything, talking about, you know, where it was moving. And and then about, what, about 7 o'clock, things cleared out. They did. Uh, and it quieted down mm-hmm. until, until, until the next system coming in around midnight. And that system wasn't nearly as strong. Now, I heard it louder where I was because the thunder boomers were big. Is that a word, thunder boomers? Mm-hmm. But it was, um, it was really loud about 1 or 2 in the morning, I guess. And I thought, oh, man, it's the, it looks like we could have another round. I slept right through it. I, I know. I can't believe that because my dog will start barking. And he doesn't like thunder. He's really scared of it. And um, so he, Daddy got him up in his his room, and they were snuggling, I guess. But um, it was really loud. Bo. Yeah, poor Bo. He's, he's like a, the most muscular dog you'll ever meet, and he's scared of thunder boomers. But that's all right. But, yeah, he woke me up with his barking, and I thought, oh, poor baby. He needs his daddy. And so Daddy did take him. But it was just really loud and i thought man is this another round so i checked my phone to see if we were under any warning and we weren't so i kind of went back to sleep for a little while but it it could have been way worse mike i mean that's a that was in the 5 p.m hour in a busy Mm -hmm. area on uri drive right i mean think about how how much worse this could have been well we were like i said we were watching the coverage and uh again we didn't lose power and then I got a notification on my phone, to mm-hmm. a tornado near Uri Drive. Yeah. And I looked at my wife. I said, oh, my gosh. That's darn close. It was calm where we were, yeah. like Ruben said, uh, near his house. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, he's close in the same area as we are. You bet. And, you know, nothing. It was very mild. And, and you know, I checked with you, you guys listened to us for years. You know, Robert lives out that way by LSUS. So I checked on him and he was fine. He said he did lose power. But um, he was fine. And he said, just, you know, 100 yards away, there's damage. Crazy. And it's just, it's bizarre how it happens. So, anyway, National Weather Service folks will be out on the streets today checking the damage, trying to assess. We'll talk with uh, Mm -hmm. Ryan Knapp, meteorologist with the National Weather Service, coming up at 740. See if he'll give us an update on the damage. And maybe he can categorize uh, these storms that came through. Mm -hmm. Mikey McCarty, 101.7 FM. One seven FM seven ten keel. Okay, I'm changing gears. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I'm self indulging for just a moment. Go ahead. Race weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's race weekend, Aaron. I know. I know. F one. Where is this weekend? Season race? Bahrain. Bahrain. First okay. weekend in Bahrain. So what P1 lot? already started. I got a message from Lavette Fuller. Mm-hmm. She's already watched. She got up early and, and watched. Uh, P1 live. What time is it Sunday morning? What time's the live know. time? Like know. two or three or whatever? Because yeah. I record them all. It's in Middle East. I watch them on. Uh, I've got the F1 app. Yeah. So I can watch. You watch all them the live. Qualifying all the. No, I could. Uh, but I'm well, not going to get up at three in the morning okay. and watch it live. Well, have fun. Make some sausage balls. You know. That's a great idea. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> Doggone it. Oh boy. Coming up uh, after the break, uh, National Weather Service meteorologist Ryan Knapp uh, going to join us and uh, talk about the uh, the storms from last night with Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline from the National Weather Service, meteorologist Ryan Knapp joining us. Uh, Ryan, first of all, thanks for your time this morning. Have you guys been able to classify the storm or the tornadoes that touched down last night yet? Uh, so, again, thank you for having me this morning. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, giving us an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, right now, we do have a crew actually heading out to go survey that damage. Our crews are heading out early this morning. Um, but basically for right now, just the preliminary timing of this tornado uh, was around 5.39, 5.40 p.m. yesterday. But uh, once crews get out there and start their survey, uh, we'll have a little bit more information as we move later on into today. That's the damage on Uri Drive at the the Valero, the insurance business. That pretty clearly looks like a tornado from, from what you've seen so far, right? We've uh, we've gotten some video of the actual tornado on the ground from that area as well. Um, so whenever we were putting out the warnings yesterday, uh, we, we had uh, at least video evidence to kind of prove for that tornado warning. Uh, and uh, one, like I said, once crews get out there and really start to survey, we'll, we'll definitely have an idea of uh, what all we're really looking at here uh, across the Shreveport area. Ryan, does it look like it was just one tornado there? Or do you have other evidence of, of another one? Or Most folks we've talked to said it looked like it was just one. Yeah, for right now, I mean, we had multiple storms kind of move over the same area. So, you know, it is possible that we could have additional damage associated with other storms in other areas. Uh, but for right now, with those crews heading out this morning, uh, they'll, they'll be able to kind of break that down for us later on today once they uh, finish up their surveying. Talking with Ryan Knapp from the National Weather Service. Ryan, we've got, uh, we've got some uh, decent weather heading into the weekend. I like the 40s at night. Uh, but uh, we've got some more more systems moving in first of next week. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a nice kind of breath of fresh air, to say uh, the least here, as we move into the weekend, you know, get a little bit of a break from the kind of active setup that we saw yesterday and all the, all the preparing and planning going into this event. So it's going to be nice to see kind of that return to uh, a calmer, you know, tamer arc with x as we move through the weekend like you said temperatures in the 40s uh you know tonight uh you know obviously we're not looking at a very cold air mass behind this um but uh just because of the fact we're looking at more kind of a westerly winds rather than a complete northerly wind here but uh uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be nicer nicer weather through the weekend. But as you mentioned, you know, we are looking already uh, into next week, possibly for some more systems down the line. Um, but, uh, you know, once you get a little bit further into the forecast period, uh, it, predictability becomes a little bit on the lower end. So still kind of monitoring that for at least, uh, you know, uh, later next week and into possibly next weekend. Ryan, for a tornado to roar through um, a, a heavily populated area, in the 5 p.m. hour, we were so lucky. I mean, this could have been so much worse, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of it goes to just how prepared our, you know, our residents are. You know, they've been through scenarios like this before. They knew what their plan was. As soon as that warning came out, they took action. Um, and uh, to, to be able to walk away here, um, you know, without, you know, obviously any reports as of right now of anything further uh, than, than what we're talking about right now, other than, other than some damage, um, you know, I would definitely say during that hour we are uh, for sure lucky. So very thankful that, uh, um, you know, things did not, you know, progress any worse than what we've heard so far about uh, some of the damage. Wind speeds, how high? We were, we were talking about 70. What did you guys clock? 
uh, in regard to the uh, initial storm or when the line was moving through later uh, on the evening? The highest wind speed y'all clocked during this whole storm system. Uh, I mean, we saw 70s uh, along uh, parts of uh, East Texas once uh, once that system was kind of moving out of like Dallas Fort Worth area, we were seeing wind speeds uh, you know close about 70 miles per hour with this line. So it's very possible that we had stronger wind gusts. Um, but uh, I would have to go back into some of the data to really get that information for sure, especially with some of our airports being our primary spots for catching wind speeds. Um, I would have to go back into the data a little bit more to uh, kind of see for sure where our highest winds were. But uh, this line was definitely producing wind speeds. Uh, of of close to 70 miles per hour, 70 plus miles per hour, uh, as we saw clearly as it was pushing through the Dallas-Fort Worth area and getting close to us here. Ryan Knapp with the National Weather Service. Ryan, looking into the spring, do you foresee an active spring, a mild spring? What are we looking at? Uh, I mean, you know, most people think that, uh, well, you know, we've been through winter here so far, the wintertime months, you know, why are we seeing all this activity? Um, and it's been a pretty active winter, to say the least. It's kind of considered our second severe weather season. Um, and as we start to move into spring, you know, we're starting to see the transition from, uh, you know, some of that wintertime look that we typically see around this area into the springtime. So uh, for right now, I mean, we're going to kind of continue the trend of seeing some of these systems moving through. But, uh, you know, it is very possible, you know, the springtime months are, you know, prone for seeing severe weather across this part of the area. So it's very possible that we could see more scenarios where we're, we're facing severe weather, especially as we enter into the peak springtime uh, season. Well, we know you're busy. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. Ryan Knapp with the National Weather Service. 1017 FM. label these (laughs) and i also hate that i spent time seeking out and loading music that we have yet to use load it up just i don't know how you need to learn no that's that's, no that robert used to do that that's your job (laughs) okay we'll we'll try no argument against that See, I don't. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at picking music. I'm not good at. I can't hear. Like if it's if it's overdriven or if it, Ruben will tell you if if my news sounds funny in the morning, I can't tell it until y'all hear it and you go, "Wow, that news sounds yeah. like crud." You've been doing this for the years. For <laughs> the years. I'm good at what I do. You're good at what you want to do. How's that? <laughs> That is me to a T. That's if, everybody if to a T. I tea. want to do it, and it's something I love doing. Sure, I'm good at it. I'm not good at. I love doing production. Yeah, I, I do. I love doing production. And you're great at it. Well, thank you. I, you really I, are. I, I I have an ear. I can edit music. You know that kind of stuff. My ear is toast. It really <laughs> it's is not cauliflower. Yeah, no, it's not good at all, and I I need to work on that because it's really really bad. But anyway. Um, Daylight saving time ends, mm. is it next weekend? Yeah, a week from tomorrow night, Sunday, a week from Sunday. Okay, so next weekend. Yes. We have one more week. Now, Marco Rubio reintroduced the Sunshine, was it the Sunshine Preservation Act something or something? Like, yeah, something like that. That, that supposedly, as Joey on Friends <laughs> says, supposedly, supposedly yeah. is going to make, you know, this 
time change the last one will ever do. Mm-hmm. It's antiquated. It makes no sense. It's 2023. Uh, you're not changing the amount of sunlight in the in the hours of the day. So why are we changing the clocks? I know. I know. I don't understand it either. I I wish we would just stay with daylight saving time. Well, I that's like the, the proposition. I like daylight in the evening. I know people disagree with me. They say our children would then be out in the dark and school buses would be running at darkness and all that. I you know, I I don't think that's a huge issue. I, I just like the daylight. But then you get a text from some of our friends that say, at daylight in the evening, it burn up our tomatoes. <laughs> that extra hours burns up my tomatoes. That extra sunlight in the evening is burning up our tomatoes. I get it. I love tomatoes. And you can't argue with that. Yeah. If somebody says that to you, you just have to look at them and smile. Right. Does okay. the sunlight being more in the morning not hurt the tomato? I guess the evening sunlight's brighter. I don't. I don't know. Does it matter what time the clock says? The sun's still going to set when it's going to set. Yes, I don't get it. But one more week, <laughs> and then wait. Am I late for work or early for? I don't even want to get started on that again because I'll uh, mess it up. We spring forward. Yeah, you're losing an hour of sleep. Okay. So if you you'll be late for work. Okay. All right. And thankfully, I don't have to change many clocks anymore. It's just the oven and the microwave. That's all I have That's at the house. I, we, I do have some analog clocks in the house, most of which I never switched yeah. in the fall. One more week. <laughs> one more week. Coming up at 810, uh, David Langston, who uh, had a pretty harrowing experience during the tornado last night. He's going to share that story with us Wow! Uh, after the local news. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FA. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh David Langston, who works for Swepco, but this this really has nothing to do with Swepco. This is a an experience. David, tell us about you were you said washing a, a king size comforter in a local <laughs> washateria. <laughs> That's right. Uh and good morning yeah. by the way. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah, good morning. Uh, is this Academy Award winner Mike Martindale? <laughs> if people don't know it, he's a very good actor and, uh, and a very good person, by the way. Oh, well, thank, but, you. Uh, thank you. That's very Sweet. kind of you. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I love watching the, the short videos and movies that they do here at the film festivals here uh, that when you acted in them. So, uh, yeah, maybe someday we'll see you in the big screen, right? Oh yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> you you were in a in a laundromat on Uri Drive. Uh, pick it up from there, David. Yeah, uh, my wife and I were doing some house cleaning because we just had a new grandbaby, little granddaughter, uh, two days ago, and and we're helping out watching the other grandchild and stuff, and uh, we <laughs> instead of using Porter's cleaners, uh, uh, like I should have, I guess. Uh, I went to the laundromat because they have a big enough washing machine to wash the big comforter. And so the um, just to tell you what happened, we're sitting there, and uh, it was raining, and all of a sudden the rain stopped, and, it, and no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the radar, and the storm was supposed to come in like after midnight. And um, so we're sitting there, and next thing you know, I heard this loud boom. And everybody in the laundromat kind of looked around, and I'm like, well, that's a transformer fuse. 
but our lights were still on, but it was really loud and real close. And so then the next thing you know, another boom 20 seconds later went off and then our lights went out and I had my back to the, the to the glass front. Uh, it's an old, I think used to be a circle K or seven 11 or something. Mm-hmm. And the ladies in the monitor mat go, Oh my God. And I turned around and I'm like, Oh no. And all this winds blowing. And this lady hollered out and said, my babies are in my car. Help me. And so I started running towards the door with her to go get the babies. And then it just, the, the tornado apparently just touched down right there. And boards and everything was flying. I said, ma'am, we cannot go out there. I'm so sorry. Take cover. I jumped under a, uh, uh, a folding table that they had in there just to try and protect myself because I'm telling you, that whole storefront is glass, and it's like, well, this isn't good. And next thing you know, the glass is breaking out. Things are flying everywhere. You couldn't hear anything. And then 20 seconds later, it all was gone. And we stood up. We ran out. There's a sign, that, this huge sign, smashed the front of her car, and we ran out. She got the infant, and then I grabbed the five-year-old, and they were fine. The little five-year-old, she wasn't crying or anything, and she says, the wind was strong. I said, yeah, it was crazy strong. But the, anyway, but the but sign that, fell right where you guys would have run out, correct? Yeah, it, it did. And, oh. and, you know, the whole time I'm under that table, I'm thinking, God, please save those babies. Please don't let nothing happen to babies. And and he did. You know, he, he I mean, y'all, it, it, can you imagine being a mom and seeing that coming? And, <sighs> and I don't, and let me just say this. There's some people saying, the mom had the babies out in her car. Well, she it was right there, and she was probably in the car and going in and checking the 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 timing of the washing. So you know she did nothing wrong, right? But it because that thing came down out of nowhere. No, it there was no warning. It was it was just like wow. David, did I hear that EMS came and checked the kids out? Did, yes, but they were okay. Yeah, they, they, yeah, uh, I, y'all probably know Mr. Uh, Officer Carter. I think he's the president of the, pres- uh, the police union. Yes. He was there, Johnny, on the spot. He was, I mean, he was, you know, coordinating everything on his mic, calling all kinds of people and, and getting people out there. And he called for the EMS just to make sure the kids were good. And as far as I know, they were fine. Uh, the baby was fine. But, you know, he, he didn't let anything go. And, you know, he, he took precautions to make sure the babies were okay. And and I don't think any adults were hurt or anything, but I'm telling you, the building beside me, <laughs> it uh, there was timbers on my truck. Uh, it's a 2011 truck that I'd hoped to drive for another 10 years, <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to happen now. Uh, but State Farm took care of me. I called them last night, and I mean they were just so nice. Was her car was her car me. destroyed too? Oh, that, the lady with the the, the babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you say, had you gone out, David, when she wanted to go out the door, um, would you guys have been hit by that sign that that fell? I'm pretty sure we would have. We would have gone right there, and it would have fallen, and and they would not have a mama right now, probably. It it can only be described as divine intervention, correct? I I I you know, it has to be, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's sort of like, Aaron, you remember I was the first COVID guy, and I said, why did I get the COVID? Mm-hmm. And and it was my antibodies, the help that I gave and gave and gave. 
And I said, well, now I know why I got COVID. But why was I on a laundromat, for goodness sakes? I never go to a laundromat. Right, right. <laughs> never. Now, now when, you looked at, when you looked around the, the area there, how many? Huh. How how much damage did you see? I mean, we heard about the Valero and the insurance business, and now the the laundromat. How many businesses down that way suffered damage? What did you see? Well, I, there were some buildings behind us. Apparently, one had a huge tree in it, and the you know, so it was right there in that area. And uh, I heard some homes in Twelve Oaks, but I'm telling you, the damage was right there. That's where that tornado decided to put its little tip down on the earth, and it just it it, it ripped the State Farm building next to the the uh, soap and sud, took it off the side of the building, and that's Benet Irwin's, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, saw her on national then, TV. She got uh, interviewed about her her damage. Yes. Well, in the uh, and in that that building we were in, the the center block wall on the west side was totally caved in into what I'd call their mechanical room where the boilers and stuff are. And uh, it, it just, I mean, the brick cinders were just totally. It was totally in the. I mean, it was it was strong. One I more mean, one more thing, David, before we got to let you go. I, I can only imagine. And, and if you can share it, what mom said to you after? She, well, we actually just separated ways, and she went to the ambulance, and we really didn't get to talk. Oh. And I, but I do. Let me just say it. I know she was worried, one hundred percent, about those babies. And I, I can't imagine the feeling of having to stay inside of a structure while your children are out in a car and, and just praying, "What you know, please God, don't let anything happen." And fortunately. That nothing happened. But I, I don't. I don't know out, how you didn't go out that door. I I, well, I don't know that I could have not gone out there with those children. I'm not. I'm not saying I, you did anything wrong. You saw the situation. I didn't. That must have been very difficult. It, it was difficult. We were going to go, but then when you see boards flying by, y'all, there were boards in my truck. There huh. were boards hurled through a radiator in, in one of the cars there. I had nails in the side of my truck, uh, literally poking out. Looked like somebody had pounded them into it. It, it was, wow. and so you couldn't go out. You, you know, if it wasn't the sign to hit, just something else would have. Well, we're we're bad. glad everybody's okay, David, yes. and uh, thank you for sharing uh, this story with us. Oh, you're welcome. Y'all have a good day. Take care, my friend. David Langston with uh, Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Happy Friday. Race weekend. <laughs> uh, practice has already started for right. the race in Bahrain F one. Mm-hmm. Um but I digress. Yeah. Yesterday we talked a little bit about this guaranteed income program. Uh, 110 people in Shreveport received an additional $660 a month for one year. Mm-hmm. And it was to help hopefully to help uh with with expenses get them out of poverty get them out of poverty to help give them some extra money each month that they could use perhaps to go back to school perhaps but there were no restrictions placed on that money though no no that's that's my issue they they just gave them 660 Mm dollars and and didn't say this needs to go toward education or right you know licensing or opening a business whatever right or or training you know learn how to like you said learn how to be a hairdresser now you 
when you think about this, think of it in the big scheme of things. When the city announced they were going to do this program, and our former Mayor Perkins is one of the mayors for guaranteed income uh, board member or organizer or whatever it is. And so he was pushing it through, and he got our city to be one of the pilots. And it was 22,000 people applied. Think about it. Unbelievable. 22,000. And the criteria that he put in place, you know, I'm not in favor of the program, but the criteria we had at least sounded logical. You had to be a a single parent of a school-age child. I mean, that's decent. And you had to meet certain income guidelines. You had to be in certain zip codes, et cetera. And so they picked the 110 people. It wasn't the mayor or the administration that picked them. I think it's being administered by the United Way. And so they selected the people, and they're doing the follow-up. They are saying, what did you spend the money on? But they well, limited by zip codes? They had, In the poorer areas, the poorer neighborhoods. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there are there are people in need in all sections of town. And, I'm, and I may say they, they did that. I'm not certain that they actually did that, but they, they limited it to people who had, who had a specific need. Okay. So I was asking Unlike yesterday. Unlike New Orleans program. Yeah, which is crazy. I, I sent a public records request yesterday to the city leaders asking, you know, can you can you give me the names of all 110 people and and more about what was spent, etc. And because of Louisiana law, they won't they won't give me the names because I think I don't think you can give names and I haven't read the the statute they cited yet, but you can't give names of like people who get SNAP benefits or things like that. I mean, it's the lawmakers made those exceptions. But they did respond pretty quickly, saying the total program cost was $932,000. 500000 came from private money, the Mayors for Guaranteed Income, which has big funders. You know, the big Elon Musks of the world give that program money. And 432000 came from Caddo Parish. So that's why I thought the names may be public, because there was public dollars involved. Um there were no city of Shreveport funds used. This is the response to my request. Um, the, and, quote, the mayor has no plans at this time to continue the program once the grant funding expires. There were 110 recipients. Each got $660 a month for 12 months. So it doesn't look like Mayor Arsenault is planning to continue the program. I guess the Caddo Commission could if they wanted to. I mean, they chipped in money. They may want to continue it. Now, I, I, do, I am told I do it would be... I want to see follow-up on oh, how this money was used. And I'm going to get the United Way people to... I would like to see the reports. And I know if they're going to do a, do a new program, it would be new users. I mean, they're not going to continue it with these 110 people. They'll say, you had a shot. We hope you took advantage of it. And now let's try new. Now, do they go back to the 22,000 applicants? Or do they start over and take new applicants? I would imagine they would do new. But at this point, I haven't heard anybody say... We're planning to start and do it again. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, we'll follow up. Uh, Coming up at uh, 840 this morning, Candace Newell, she's a state rep out of New Orleans, is introducing legislation to legalize recreational marijuana, and we will talk with her coming up at 840. Mike and McCarty, 1017. One oh one seven FM seven ten keel. What's that? Rock me like a hurricane? 
Is that what that was? Look at me. <laughs> Look at me up on this current wow. music. Wow. Wow. I'm impressed. I say laughingly current mm-hmm. music. Yeah. My- <laughs> 30 years old? 40? Yeah. Oh. Mike and McCarty. Uh, of course, storms last night, we've uh, we've talked about we talked about the, the damage. Thanks to David Langston, and glad he's okay. Um, that was uh, just an unbelievable. When you hear that, you go, wow. But then stop and really think. Right. What if you were there? You're hiding under a table because yes. you don't want to get hit by flying glass and mm-hmm. debris. Right. That's got to be very scary. And there's children in that car oh, 12 feet I, from I, you. I don't oh. know. Yeah, that's that's so, I don't know how he God stepped in. Had to, to be. go out that door. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Mm. And so fortunate. Uh, Robert did post, he said the um, uh, Valero was totally destroyed on Uri Drive. Yeah. Yet the Burger King right next door is open this morning. That's that's storms for you. Isn't that crazy? That's what happens, absolutely. Right next door. Mm, it's crazy. Coming up next, uh, state representative out of New Orleans, Candace Newell, going to join us uh, talking about her legislation to legalize recreational marijuana. Micah McCarty, 101. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh New Orleans State Representative Candace Newell joining us. Uh Candace, good morning. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning. We uh you're Thank pro- you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Well uh, you've got proposition in front of uh, uh the legislature to legalize recreational marijuana. This has been attempted before. Uh so tell us about your what what makes you think this is going to be different and uh, more successful this time. Well, um I believe this is my second or third time introducing this, so I'm not new to the process. Um, it's just the, the discussions that's been going around the state where we have citizens that are not opposed to the legalization of um, recreational marijuana, and it, 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 it's going across the country. And it's, I believe it's going to happen soon on the federal level. And um, I just would like to, Louisiana to be in the game before you know, everyone else, you know, before it's just common for everyone in the country. What does your bill actually do? Can you describe that for folks who are new, who are just joining us? The legalization bill? Yes. What, it, it, marijuana now, of, of what amounts would be legal? Um, would it be, you can, anyone can use it I, recreationally? <clears throat> yes. Um, the bill that I proposed, there was um, no real limits and um, still, you know, truckloads of it would not be legal, something that you can just have at your home, but I didn't um, propose any um, restrictions on the amount of personal use. Now, how much revenue do you estimate it could generate for Louisiana? Because you've you've also got a tax structure that goes with your bill, correct? It's a separate bill, um, um, so technically not with it, but I am introducing them all at the same time. Um, looking at several other states, they collect um, tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue on uh, on an annual basis. So I wouldn't see Louisiana collecting any less less than our other states, considering the amount of 
tourism that we have in the state, so I'm not looking at it just as the tax collection from the citizens, but from what we can get also from um, tourism. So, like I said, other states are collecting tens of millions annually, and that's what my hopes are for Louisiana as well. We're talking with Candace Newell, state representative out of New Orleans, uh, proposing legislation to legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, Candace, is there any indications? Have you talked to your colleagues? Have you gotten positive response that uh, that leads you to believe that you'll you, this is your second or third attempt to pass this, that uh, you're going to have better luck this time? Honestly, um, I'm I'm still on the fence listening to everyone personally. Most are not opposed. However, um, I always say we can vote for one another's bills, but we cannot vote for one another. So they still have to vote on the bill um, according to the wishes of the citizens that they represent. Um, We still have some folks that are morally opposed to the legalization, and um, hopefully we can start just getting better conversations because my attempt is, because I know you saw the tax, um, you mentioned the tax bill that I also have. I also have a regulation bill. Mm-hmm. And my my hopes is that whatever is legal is a clean product. And um, we've seen where there's products that's laced with fentanyl and has been um, deadly to adults and children. Um, we see where the products are not consistent with, within a brand. Um, the levels of T, um, the CBD content is different. I want to make sure that we have uh, have a product that's, like I said, regulated. We know what we're getting. If it's a pink pack, it's three milligrams. If it's a blue pack, you know it's five. And it's going to be the same thing. Um, each time you purchase. You, your bill mentions okay. uh, up to 10 mm-hmm. cannabis production facility licenses. Uh, what, what The number 10, can you give me your reasoning for that? I just wanted a conservative number, um, something that the departments who are going to be doing the testing and, and uh, regulation of it is so that it doesn't overwhelm their departments at the beginning allow them to get in, do the work with the staff they have, and then as we are, we are learning the process, we're all learning the distributors and what we're looking for, then we can potentially grow that number and um, have the revenue for those departments to then hire more um, testers and more agents to go out. So it was just also being considerate of the departments that are be tasked with the um with the regulating. We've got a poll at keelnews.com right now that says, do you support recreational marijuana use in Louisiana? I sent it to your folks. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I am blown away by the response. 92% of the hundreds of people who have taken our poll in the last 24 hours, 92% support this. Does that number shock you? It does not, but I, what I need them to do is contact their, their state representatives and tell them to vote for my bill. <laughs> are you worried that your bill, because it's an election year, that there's not going to be too many lawmakers who are like, eh, I'm going to vote for I'm going to vote for marijuana and and then run for re-election this fall? Does that concern you a tiny bit? 
Not if you say 92% of the people, yeah, vote, um, polled uh, uh, for it. I think that would be favorable for them. I got gotcha. you. Well, we will be in touch with you. I, I welcome. I feel feel free to share our poll if you like. I sent it to your staff uh, this morning. So thanks for your time, and I hope we'll be in touch. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for reaching out today. You bet. Thank you, day. Candace Newell, state rep out of New Orleans, Louisiana, with Mike and McCarty, 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and there's a story on Keelnews dot com about Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. Now he's not coming to Shreveport, right? No, Is he's not- done. He's done touring. He's ill. I mean, he's been pretty ill of late. Um, what did what did he 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 tweeted or did he, what did he yeah, do he mentioned shreveport is that is am i well he posted uh ticket stubs from his show at the hirsch coliseum in 1982 golly 1982 he was wow here. and and what did he what was he doing that for i mean he was just he's just going what through all that t- yeah I, I really don't know he didn't he didn't you know i <laughs> Ozzy's not the best for context, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just kind of posted those pictures, and uh, yeah, there's a, a picture from I guess that's his Instagram account or Facebook, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne in concert, Hirsch Memorial Coliseum. Wow, nineteen eighty two. That is so cool. Nineteen eighty two. That is so cool. And see, this uh, talking about how times have changed. Um, you could you know save something like this. You know, a lot of people have pictures or, or album and then they'll have their ticket stubs mm-hmm. oh yeah they, you know, and they save them even collector's frame, item collector's mm-hmm. item eagles the eagles came here a few years ago yeah glenn fry was still alive mm-hmm. last it was officially their last concert was in bozier city louisiana yes at with, the then century Talk with Center. glenn fry yeah Cent- yeah with glenn fry mm-hmm. and we don't have ticket stubs. No, we don't. Because you buy your tickets online. Just you either little. you either scan your phone or you print out a a, a, a paper copy of a you know a, mm-hmm. just a barcode that they yeah. scan. So there's no like ticket stubs anymore. Okay, don't look at the post. Look at me. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it already. The Ozzy Osbourne ticket at Hirsch Coliseum from 1982. Oh, I've got it up. So you didn't see it already. No, no, did I, you? I, no. How much was that ticket? Oh, that. It's uh, on it, so don't look 82, at it. Nineteen eighty-two. Ten dollars. Pretty good. Nine fifty. Oh. Nine dollars and fifty ah. cents. Isn't that crazy? General admission. Ticket. Yeah. General admission <laughs> to Ozzy Osbourne. That ticket would be. What are, uh, what are Garth Brooks tickets sell for now? Oh, I mean, start at uh, two hundred, right? When the oh, when the Foo crazy. Fighters came through, I got uh, my wife. She's a huge fan. I got her tickets uh, for Christmas, and that was about two hundred bucks. And we we weren't you know that that's not we backstage. didn't pay that for the Eagles yeah. concert <laughs> right. I guarantee you this is the same as a movie ticket I mean movies are now almost ten bucks aren't they right. you could see Ozzy Osbourne in concert for nine dollars and fifty cents nineteen eighty two tax included yeah exactly that's a, and general admission you just rush in for your seat yeah right unbelievable nine dollars and fifty cents hmm. Queen came here back in the 80s, 
And Did a, they really? A, yeah. A friend of mine has seen them a couple times. Uh, and he said, we were talking one time, and he said, Freddie Mercury came out and was tossing like these long stem carnations. And my friend caught one. Uh, and he was like, oh, I got one. And then he said he stopped a minute and goes, I'm a little too excited to have just gotten a flower from another man. <laughs> That's pretty good. Make it a great weekend, please. Mike and McCarty, 1017. It's race weekend. 710 Keel.